Welcome back to the Fort Worth Star-Telegram's High School Huddle. I'm Peter Dawson. Alongside with me is Brian Gossett. And Brian, it looks like we might have done something right because we're back for another week. Yep, talking Texas high school football. It'll be an exciting second episode as we look back at uh, some highlights from week three. Some big numbers, uh, some records broken, win- winners and losers, and we look ahead to week four. We also have some audio from Mansfield Legacy four-star standout Jalen Catalan, and we also have some audio from a recent uh, commit to UNT, and that would be Deshaun Gaddy. Brian, where do we want to start? Well, uh, last week I forgot to mention that Haltom was one of these undefeated teams still, so I like to start there. Haltom's a good story, uh, 3-0 and this year. Last year made some playoff history, first time going to the playoffs since 2009, actually first winning season since 2000. And now they've won their first three games. They look a lot better than they did last year. And it all starts with their All-State quarterback, Michael Black, who had a huge game against Lake Highlands. Yep, so Haltom 65, Lake Highlands 35 last week, Buffalo's second in DFW in week three with 700, six, excuse me, 676 yards of total offense. And as you mentioned, Black, I mean, it's hard to put up, you know, high school games, you only have a limited amount of time. It's hard to put up numbers like this, 365 yards, excuse me, 360 yards passing, five passing touchdowns through the air, and 173 yards on the ground to go along with two more rushing touchdowns. I mean, what more can you say? Not much. I mean, he's done it last year. Um, and, you know, he got that All-State nod, deserving of that. Um, it's actually their first 3-0 start since 2005. Again, like I mentioned, a lot of playmakers. You know, DeCorey Mitchell, their the wide receiver, also had a big game with 270 yards receiving and three touchdowns in the air. Um, this has started to look like, you know, one of their better teams in a long time. I mentioned about recent history. And Black, already in three weeks, 1,200 total yards and 15 touchdowns. I mean, you know, when I was young playing Madden, that's, you know, I set the level <laughs> at 99. And, I mean, he's doing that kind of stuff to these teams. Real quickly, is that one of those things where, you know, obviously he can do it through the air and he can do it on the ground. Is that a situation where if teams start game planning for him, you know, really just lock in on him, that really, you know, you could kind of, beat them that way or yeah. do they have enough playmakers to where you know you have to worry about other people and not just black yeah Mitchell had had uh he's been very good the last two years but yeah when you start to kind of focus on one kid um uh, that's kind of an advantage for Holtum they can you know hand the ball off or again throw it in the air just have all these weapons to to dominate the opposition and you don't really want to focus on black I think going into the the week yeah that's the game plan to try and stop Michael Black but you know, you got to focus on the other playmakers. I mean, yeah, you're right. 60 points a game. They're 4 and 0 headed to North Mesquite, who's 2 and 0, but oh, excuse me, they could very well go 4 and 0 headed to North Mesquite, who's 2 and 0. Now, real quickly, we're going to look at some audio here this time coming off and you excuse me, UNT big in the news this week that you know, they improved to 3 and 0, undefeated, receiving some top 25 votes, uh, largely in part thanks to Seth Latrell, the head coach there. Uh, if you haven't read it already, Mac Ingle has an excellent story about UNT and how they've kind of how Latrell ended up there from North Carolina and how they've kind of come to prominence here. I mean, you know, he, Mac almost makes the case that they're they're the best team in the state of Texas right now. And real quickly, we're going to look at a recent commit to UNT, and that's Deshaun Gaddy. We're going to give you some audio of him right now. 
At first, I wasn't sure, but like as it went on, they showed how much they really cared and loved, and the environment when I went there for a visit, not only was it loving to me and caring for me, but I brought my mom and my grandma. Huge impact on my mom and grandma. You making a person out of grandma. Come on now. That means it's meant to be, and then they just kept pushing it, pushing it, and I can see that they can compete with the best beating Arkansas like that. Like that's the SEC. That's supposed to be the best of the best, but UNT building something great. Yeah, Deshaun Gaddy there, three-star defensive back for Arlington Lamar. Yeah, you make an impression on the grandma. That's that's your sign. This might be the perfect place to be. Right, and, and Latrell really seems, I mean, you know, I, I covered him a little bit when I was covering North Carolina, and, you know, he's a he's a personal guy. He, he can be tough on his players, but he also seems like a bit of a player's coach, which makes sense given that he was a standout at Oklahoma. Right. Um Moving on in a second, we're going to continue to dive into the undefeated teams. Again, lots of rain and lightning last week have affected uh, the games, but Alito, Carroll, Trinity we discussed last week, they all won in week three to improve to 3-0. I don't think there are too many surprises there. No, not really, but you you start with Salt Lake Carroll and you stick in their district, 5-6A. Maybe some surprise teams in Keller and Eaton, and we've talked about Eaton last week. But Keller, you know, they were a playoff team last season, five and six. They're off to three and zero. Oh. They've scored forty or more points in all three games. They they start with Carroll in two weeks. Start, start district, so you kind of get an idea of is Keller Keller for real? Well, you got to go and face the uh, Salt Lake Carroll Dragons, who were predicted to win this district. And then Eaton, real quick. I mean, they. Their game against Name and Force was a little shortened because of weather. Um, I think they played one half and then they kind of started the third before calling it. But they were they had allowed six points, 84 yards. They get Timber Creek in two weeks. Speaking of surprise, three and O teams and five and six A. Maybe just maybe you had Birdville on the list here. The Hawks are three and O for the first time since 2012 when they won their first 13 games before losing in the state quarterfinals. They beat Weatherford last week, 56-26. Ladarius Mixon, 310 yards rushing and four touchdowns. Uh, Stone Earl, four passing touchdowns through the air. In addition, you have Midlothian going 3-0 for the first time, also since 2012, and that is the last year that they made the playoffs. Yeah, Birdville is off to an excellent start. You know, and they're in that district with Colleyville Heritage, Grapevine, Denton Ryan. Um, And so, again, if they want to do what they did in 2012 and and hopefully reach the state quarterfinals, you got to go through those teams. And Colleyville was ranked in the top 10 to start the season. Ryan is still there. Grapevine, also 3-0. and um, And just to mention, along with some of the other 3-0 and teams, again, Grapevine, Burleson, Highland Park, Dallas Wilson, Nimitz, Cedar Hill, DeSoto, Allen Prosper, Plano East. I mean, you get the idea. Frisco Reedy, Red Oak. But, um, you know, Peter, we can't do any podcast without giving some love to our Fort Worth ISD schools, and here we are, second week in a row, and we they continue to win as well. Yeah, Northside ending DHJ's run on Friday. Again, some teams we talked about last week uh, as they continue to win. Uh, Polly, Benbrook, Western Hills, all winners. Yeah, Polly shut out Dallas Jefferson 45-0. to zero. First time they've shut out an opponent since 2011. We talked about it last week. Uh, 2009 was the last time they started this this good they started 4-0 that year 
Ben broke 57-9 winner against Crum. You know, our boy over there, Quinton Jackson, the running back. Right. 348 on the ground, six touchdowns. and I mean, he's I, – I, there's not a, I, I don't think there's a better player in the state right now. Yeah, it's tough to, to uh, compare, but, you know, I'll be – Thursday night I'll be watching them. They, they take on Anna and 904 yards rushing, 14 touchdowns on the season, three games. Benbrook, again, is a, a younger team. This is their third season, already the most wins in a single, single year. And uh, give some love to Western Hills, 23-7 winner against Carrollton Turner. 3-0 for the first time since 2005. Right. And, you know, now, we, now we're going to look at the, the flip side uh, of this coin. Uh, it's always nice to highlight the unbeaten teams. But real quickly, we're going to take a look at some of these teams that uh, haven't really started well, but, but you might maybe should be on the lookout for. I mean, obviously, non-district, uh, ga- non-district games get you ready for district y- games. Uh, and they matter because you 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 know you get into the playoffs and kind of anybody can make a run. Um, and there are some teams that that haven't won or are below 500 that you know you get into those district games, you, you pull off a few upsets or you take care of business, and you could surprise some people. Who are we looking at? Yeah, I'm going to stick it with the Fort Worth area because I'm sure there's some in Dallas. But sticking in our area uh, again, I mentioned Colleyville Heritage. They're one and two. Watched them against Ulysses Trinity. They they kind of came back. They were down 28 to seven before uh, losing 35 to 28. Joe Willis, their head coach, he's won everywhere. Uh, Cedar Park, for example. So as long as you have him on the sideline, you got a good chance. You know Timberview Northwest. They're they're both one and two, but they're putting up some good offensive numbers. Timberview at 35 points per game, and Northwest at 31. Uh, Everman. It's kind of their trademark. They usually start slow and non-district. I know a few times under the great Dale Keeling, they they would go one and two, or they would go zero and three, and and boom, there they are in the state quarterfinals, state semifinals. Um, and then Boswell, Martin, both zero and two, both predicted to win district. Going to be tough. I think Boswell still might be a district favorite, and then Arlington Martin got to face Bowie, Arlington High, but again with Bob Wager. You know, you got to like your chances. And then Legacy, how can you count them out with the defense they have? Um, but they're one and two, and hopefully they can pick it up. Right. And, you know, I, as a quick aside, you know, it's amazing that, that you move out of the, the non-district games into the district games, and, you know, we're already, you know, we're still in September, and we're talking about playoff runs, but that's how fast, you know, this thing kind of moves. All right. Speaking of Legacy, that's a great segue into our next topic, and that's Jalen Catalan. He's a big-time four-star safety 23 offers, big-time programs. Uh, those offers coming in from Texas, Arkansas, Oklahoma, TCU, and even number one Alabama, who will be hosting Texas A&M this week. Big game there uh, in the SEC. But with the week one injury, he's out for the year. Uh, and we're still not sure where he stands, except for the fact that Brian caught up with him on Friday at the Mansfield Legacy game. Yeah, he's um, out for the year, senior season. Probably going to be our what's going to be our defensive player of the year. But talked to him, and it, it sounded like these coaches were still behind him. Texas did, Oklahoma, TCU, and Arkansas. Uh, those schools basically that kind of told me that they're going to stick with me. So that was good because uh, kind of schools that are probably catch my eye right now. So they all they all kind of kept up with me pretty well. Like both all all schools did those schools especially. So it was good to hear from them, especially to talk about you know nothing was going to be affected uh, in the future with me when it came to my schools or anything. So I was happy for that, and I was uh, blessed to be able to know that I had that opportunity to play next level. Brian, you know, some interesting audio there. Uh, at least from my, my take from that is that I, I 
at least can't get a glean on which way he might be leaning one way or another. And the injury, you know, obviously those schools are still going to be interested, but the injury, I don't know if the injury factors into his decision at all uh, and, and how it could impact the kind of the recruiting domino, depending on what, you know, what he decides to do. I, again, don't want to put you on the spot, and it's hard to say, but where, you know, if you were to handicap that, you know, some of those, those big-time teams, where do you think he's leaning? I'd probably go with Texas right now. I think Texas might be number one, maybe Arkansas, um, one, one A, one B. You know, he's a baseball player too, and he actually talked to me about trying to play baseball this uh, this spring for the Legacy Broncos. And some of these offers coming in have been for both sports, football, and baseball. I know Texas was one of the first ones. Arkansas uh, with Chad Morris, who was interested in him ever since his SMU days and so he's sticking right. sticking it right there and obviously Oklahoma with Lincoln Riley and, and TCU and, and all the other ones but um, you know if I had to pick I think it's either Texas or Arkansas and he mentioned that he he wants to get out to a couple games Arkansas for sure he might change up but um, it sounds like January is kind of his target date for maybe a commitment right. uh, so I think obviously everyone's going to be on top of that yeah, and obviously Texas offers a kind of a, a balance there, right? I mean, they, have this, they had a great year in baseball last year. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, Texas fans, and if you're going to Texas as a player, you like to believe that the program is turning things around uh, under term, um, excuse me, under Tom Herman. Uh, thanks again to uh, Jalen Catalan for spending some time with us. As for the rankings part of it, the AP poll is out. Not much change in uh, 5A across the state of Texas. A Lone Star drops from 4 to 5 after its last second loss. 10 to 7 there to Highland Park. Midlothian Heritage and Melissa both move up three spots in 4A to 4 and 6, respectively. Brock dropped down five spots to 7 in Class 3A. What else do you got for this coming week, Brian? Uh, I got my five things already up on dfwvarsity.com. Uh, where I mentioned some of these broken records um, with Anthony Watkins from South Hills and Malcolm Mays from Arlington Bowie, uh, kind of going back to giving some love to the Fort Worth ISD. You know, I wanted to mention Anthony Watkins. Talk about Madden type numbers: 509 yards rushing, Yikes. nine touchdowns, both Fort Worth ISD records, and he was actually 509. You think that's Probably state, state record area. It was only right. it was only 14th best all time. <laughs> uh, but I'll have that. That's already up, and I also have power rankings that just got up Wednesday. Some change there. Uh, it's kind of a theme these last three weeks. Shuffling uh, the bottom of the pack in 6A and 5A. I can't seem to find that one team that wants to stay. I I, I rank them, and then they lose, <laughs> and then I got to put in another another uh, pair of teams in but look out for 6a a couple of uh, nine 6a teams have made my my rankings and uh kind of a lat last programming note here what uh what games are you looking at this week do you look that that stand out to you uh real quick the games i'll be at uh, i'm sticking with fort worth isd Thursday night over at Farrington, it's Anna versus the 3-0 Benbrook Bobcats. I'm excited to watch Quinton Jackson in the backfield. Some other good ones around the area, Denton Ryan takes on West Mesquite. Weatherford takes on Southwest. Uh, Friday night, I'll be over in 
what's going to be called the Battle of the Eagle. The first year they're doing it, Carter Riverside versus Diamond Hill Jarvis over at Hanley Stadium. And some other ones real quick, uh, Madison taking on Polly, Burleson Centennial against Everman, Chisholm Trail against Boswell, Eastern Hills against Nolan Catholic. Um, and again, you can see all these games, our schedules at uh, dfwvarsity.com. And then Saturday, Saginaw versus Arlington Heights. Well, thanks, Brian. Uh, once again, a reminder, folks, that uh, your feedback is going to be critical. We got quite a few listeners the first week. I'm sure uh, you, I'm glad y'all are going to come back with us, and I'm sure we'll be picking up a few more this week. Once again, you know, kind of the direction of the show, we're more than open to your feedback. Um, Brian and my email addresses are on every story that we write. Uh, Brian can be found on Twitter at Gossett41, uh, and myself, Peter Dawson, I can be found at PT underscore Dawson. Most importantly, you can go to www.star-telegram.com slash high school huddle where you can find last week's podcast and this week's podcast. Uh, We'll be back again next week looking at all the action as we head into district play. Brian, any closing thoughts? No, going to be an exciting week. Get out to a game if you can. Hopefully Mother Nature cooperates a little more this time, and uh, we'll see you next week.